Hey, peace and blessings to you. My name is Jerry B. I am the entree musician and so are you. And today, I usually say so is the brother on the left, but I have to say, wait a minute. This is the ultimate entree musician or better words, this is an entree musician extraordinaire. This is Papa Lee, better known as William Hanford Lee Jr., also known as Papa Lee, doing everything. And I'm talking about absolutely everything, artist management, uh, music production, TV, jingles, songs, you name it. You got to put Papa Lee on there. Brother, what's going on today, man? What's up, Jerry B? My you, man. you, you, what's going on? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I hope so. <laughs> How you feeling? So. I'm feeling great, brother. I'm happy to see you. I'm happy to be I'm happy to be on your show. I love your show, bro. I've been like really trying to catch up and see what you've been doing. And it's just been amazing. So I'm honored to be here. Trust. Thank you very much, man. We it's been a long time since we've been actually in the same room together. I mean, 2021, I think it was 20, 2004 in Los Angeles. Hollywood. Yes, sir. Festival. Yes, sir. And you were on the grind then and you've, you've like skyrocketed now, man. So it's good I have following your career. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Those were fun times, man. I um, I had a film in the Hollywood Black Film Festival, um, and um, and yeah, it was just you know, it was just on the circuit trying to push uh, creative project projects that I was doing. So I produced this film and had scored it, did the music for it, and that just had always been my mo: is just to make it. Don't wait for it, make it. Absolutely. And that the one thing I was going to mention about that time is, I mean, your, your spirit is so generous. As soon as I met you and we just started dialoguing, you know, it was like it was it, it was very obvious that you were a man who not only were serious, but you had a life giving spirit. You knew where you were going. And my God, you've been on that journey, brother. Pretty steady. Yes, sir. I have not. I mean, you know, have had the, you know, lumps and bumps that come with um, trying to make it in the business and try to just make it in life, of course, you know, anyway. But, you know, I have persevered. Um, I have had some, you know, great luck and great opportunities. And I've had some not so great luck and some, you know, (laughs) some plenty of, you know, plenty of like tragic wastes of time, but Hey, at the end of the day, you keep going. And um, I'm very thankful, you know, very, very thankful to still be here to have the um, opportunities and the, and uh, stuff I'm looking at right now. It's like, I'm very thankful. I have to say, I really Absolutely. Am. Well, we're here to learn and you have a lot to teach brother. I, the first question I have for you though, is at what point in your life or your career, uh, did you decide this is it? This is where I'm going. This is what I'm going to do. Did you have other options? Were you born into this, or did you make that? <laughs> you make that's that a clear, that's decision? a great question. I was uh, I, I came from a entrepreneurial family. Mm-hmm. Um, I also came from a musical family, so it was a little bit part of my DNA. My grandfather was a singing preacher in Sacramento who had come from Texas and um, used to put on gospel shows and host a gospel music radio show on the local radio station in Sacramento in the late 60s, um, early 70s. So, and my father was a newspaper publisher. Mm. So he, my father who had grown up in all that gospel music, he was like, I'm gonna do something. I'm I'm gonna, you know, be a businessman for civil rights. So he started a black black newspaper in Sacramento in um, in 62. And uh, that's still going to this day. My brother's running it right now and, um, you know, doing it's doing great work in the community. But I grew up working in that newspaper. So I was always writing. I was taking pictures. I was selling ads. I was, you know, being groomed to essentially either take over the business or do my own business, which um, which is basically what I did. So I left Sacramento in the early 90s with all of these raw talents um, and I'd started doing music in uh, doing musical theater as a kid in junior high. So I've been performing since I was about 12 and at a pretty high level, like I was in a touring musical back in 76, like one of my first gigs, you know, was that I got my first check performing when I was like 13 years old. Oh, so word. I had been doing it for so long through high school, through college, 
went to high school and worked with some of the dopest producers in Northern California at the time when the Northern California music scene mm -hmm. was about to explode late 80s, early 90s yeah. with, you know, with Tony, Tony, Tony mm -hmm. and, you know, um, Too Short coming out of the Bay, coming straight out of Oakland. Just so much was happening in the Northern California, the scene where I was, uh, the producer G1 who did uh, big hits for Tony, Tony, Tony and worked with DJ Quick. Yeah. He, me and, he, he and I and Derek D.O.A. Allen, um, who did, who's done numerous huge gospel projects, R&B projects, working with Kim, working with Joe, um, you know, uh, he's, uh, we went to high school together. So we were all in bands playing in the BSU show at McClatchy High School back in 83. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> so, you know, we, I was around bad dudes like all through high school. And then Brian Alexander Morgan, who produced SWV, was like my mentor in the, um, uh, and brother in, uh, in set, like late 80s, early 90s. And then, so I came with all of this musical experience, all this uh, black business experience, yeah. Yeah. independent business, and then came to LA and started working in show business. So I was like, you know, ready to go. So the That's answer to the question is you were born into it. <laughs> I guess so. You never you made a decision. Yeah, I mean, you know, like literally God puts his hand on you and says, hey, you know, stand over here next to this person and, yeah. and see what they're doing and stand over here underneath this, underneath this person and pay attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, to a certain extent, yeah, I guess I was born into it. You know, I know this is what I was born to do because there's no way I could have the stories that I have to tell. <laughs> That's true. That's if it true. wasn't something divine to it, you know what I mean? Like, just this last year alone, I've been places and in rooms with people and had moments with people that I won't tell till a book or something later in my life, but this has been mind-blowing. Yeah. Like, mind-blowing. I would never imagine, you know, that I would be fill-in-the-blank, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, seriously, so. Definitely. So you are of the mind that, uh, you know, uh, God puts you in places where, you know, like the newspaper taking pictures, uh, you know, you did the graphic uh, work uh, for Samuel Goldwyn. Uh, so, you know, the Wayans yeah. brothers and all that, all of your experiences have kind of lined you up to do what you do, right? To do exactly what I do. Yeah. Like it is, it is so peculiar. Like, you know, because like my music, my, my life is music and comedy. So I, I literally put those that give those equal footing in my life because um, I have, I, they've both sustained me. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I was producing comedy, uh, a comedy competition in Sacramento back in 88, 89. That's when I first like first got into comedy and was working with you know mark curry when he was still working at the supermarket in, wow. <laughs> in, wow. in oakland yeah. and phase on love was you know had just done baby's kids but we started doing shows together back in 88 89 uh ronaldo ray uh lunell yeah. lunell was one of the first people that uh we booked in sacramento she hosted our uh, one of uh, one of our early comedy show competition mm -hmm. uh, competitions. Uh, her and uh, Hope Flood and uh, what's her name? Um, uh, she's real famous. Uh, <laughs> it helps. It yeah. helps to know her name. <laughs> no, I, I, she's real famous. Uh, you know, what's her name? The uh, the girl, the dark skinned woman with the wigs who talks crazy and she's always talking about her sorority. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, but yes, no, I mean, yeah. comedy, comedy and music literally for me have just sustained me my whole, my whole adult life. And I love them both so much. I feel like they're so valuable and so important to mm. our humanity, like yeah. literally yeah. our humanity requires yeah. those two things so much that, you know, you don't really think about them, but right. like, holy smokes, without them, you are like, you're storming the Capitol. No. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's absolutely right. You have to have those pillars, music and comedy on point. Now, is that how you, you were talking about Lunell? You are her manager now, correct? I've been her manager for 15 years. Yes. I didn't know that. And I I've just, been managing Lunell for 15 years. Yeah. 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 I wasn't aware. Like, <clears throat> and, um, and uh, yeah, she's, she's one of my best people, best friends, best. She's like a, uh, we are, you know, loyalist, loyal, hardest working woman in show business. She's yeah. a beast. You know what I mean? Yeah, so she is. 
Um, so yeah, and I've produced her comedy CDs and um, some of her DVDs as well. And yes. we're working on, you know, we're working on TV projects together, which we have over, over the years, but it's just, you know, it gets close and you get close and you get the yes, you get a few yeses, a few no's, but we haven't had the thing, but I feel like we're getting close. So that's yeah, excellent. 15 years. Mm-hmm. That's, that's but our relationship goes back 30 years, like, you know, pretty much 30 years. So since I was first starting from promoting comedy, I mean, I started like in 88 and I feel like Lunell and I started kind of, we hooked up in like 92 or so, 92, 93. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's really interesting. I've just seen, I was, uh, you know, scoping YouTube and uh, saw her wonderful interview with uh, Shaka Khan where she was guesting uh, for DJ Vlad. Great interview, great in-depth questions, you know, so that's, that's real cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a great world to be a part of, you know, working with her for so long, you know what I mean? So, um, and because I have relationships in the, in the industry and ha- that I had from even before Lunell, you know what I mean? That it, it makes sense, you know, yes. um, it, it absolutely makes sense. So yeah, she's doing really good. So we've, yeah. I'm very thankful. That was, that was, that was part of what caused me to shift focus. Cause I literally fell in all full-time music in about 90, 98, 99, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I was transitioning from, I had a good freelance job um, doing, uh, working for an ad, uh, a creative agency here in Los Angeles um, after working at the WB, cause I was at the mm-hmm. WB with, when uh, we were doing Wayans Brothers and Parenthood and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just was kind of like, I felt like a little ceiling, you know, the little corporate black ceiling yeah, for right. Hollywood. Plus, plus the um, the renaissance of black entertainment was pretty much at the end. Coming to, yeah. From, from, from what had happened, what we had in the early 90s, you know, when it was just, you know, we couldn't do that no wrong. You know? yeah, yeah, it was like, yeah. Um, but like that had just, because Homeboys from Outer Space had come out, so we were pretty much done. And I was just like... <laughs> After space, then that's yeah, it. after Homeboys went to outer space, I was like, oh, hey, once I saw that it was coming, I was like, oh, it's the end. It's like we will, it's that's the end. We've uh, run out of ideas anyway. Um, <laughs> Mothership connection, <laughs> man. Yeah, and it wasn't that, it wasn't, it wasn't P Funk, but it was just what, it, what is this? So, uh, oh. so yeah, you knew that that was kind of hit, hit its, hit its hit its stride and done its yep. thing. I felt like I hit kind of a corporate uh, glass ceiling on the side of the industry that I was in. I wasn't in development. I was in, you know, marketing and mm. the branding of the shows, you know what I mean? So for what that was, I feel like, okay, that's about the best I, most I can do. I love music. The digital era was upon us. Yeah. You could, you could spend four or $5,000 and get a decent uh, recording setup and do fairly high level work for home because I had been recording from home for the whole time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I had the, the cassette four track and then the cassette eight track and then the, you know, the the digital eight track and then the digital, then the MD, you know what I mean? I had like moved up. Right. Then all of a sudden it was like the computer, I can do the computer and I know the computer. I've been working on computers my whole life. Mm -hmm. So not my whole life because they didn't have my whole life, but well, my adult life, you know. I understand. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I said, Oh, okay, let me let me let me see how I can incorporate this digital into the thing. I mean, I've worked in studios, I just had never been able to get my little cheap equipment to do what I what knew here, what I knew could be done. Yeah. So as soon as I went digital, bro, I was able to start working. Like I literally um once I, you know, my sound went from here to psh, um, you know, I started working with uh, I, I, um, Tony Terry mm-hmm. was became, was like my neighbor in Sherman Oaks when I first lived out here. And wow. he uh, he and I were collaborating on stuff. I was producing some stuff with him. And then Leona Lewis mm-hmm. was I started working with her when I met you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she I was she was at the HBFF the same time I met oh, you. Is that right? Wow. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, somebody brought her to me to kind of help with her development. Um, and, uh, but like around 99, once I went digital, it was like, I was able to start working. I started getting trailers. Um, I had some, you know, con- connections and relationships with a lot of people in the industry on the marketing side. Yeah. So it was kind of like, Hey, I'm doing music now. And they're like, Hey, we'll try to do something for this. And let me try to do something for this. And I just would start getting little placements and things here and there. And, um, it started making sense really quick. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, I wasn't that 
you know, I still had a lot of development to do on my playing and my, um, you know, uh, I wasn't quite the guitar player that I am now. Not that I was, you know, well, not that your, I'm anything special now. What's your formative instrument? I thought I always my, to be a pianist. My main instrument is yeah. vocals, is mainly singing. Like I I'm see. mainly a singer, like I'm mainly, my, my main one of like my, if I had three pillars of my career, singing as a performer, live performer, session singer, uh, writing as a songwriter, uh -huh. producing as a producer. My main instrument on the production side is, is keys, yeah, but I also yeah. play guitar because, I um, yeah, I, I kind of dug in on guitar like uh, mid, like 2006, seven, um, or no, maybe a little later than that, 2008 or so, just because I figured with the economy being so bleak when it was in like 08, 09, yeah. that I was like, okay, well, at least at the very minimum, I know that I can stand on a corner with this guitar and make a few bucks and sing. And, and, and I wasn't necessarily thinking that I was going to do that, sure. but I wanted to at least um, people that I knew that could do that yeah. were cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was something yeah. about that self-contained nature of being able to literally pick up the guitar and play uh, half dozen, dozen, 20, 30 songs mm -hmm. and sing, you know, that lent value to you as a as a person, as an artist, you know what I mean? So I said, yeah. well, if I'm serious about what I'm doing, I should at least be able to do that. So I can certainly do that. I can do that on guitar and piano pretty pretty much yeah. equally right now, you know what I mean? But, but I'm a very Go ahead, I'm sorry. Uh, I, but I'm a very mediocre musician. <laughs> um, you know, the productions I've heard, I, I don't hear that at all. So <laughs> like that one from, you know, that's that's too humble. So, sometimes that's too humble, okay? Because that's not what I hear at all. And it's, it's really interesting because, uh, you know, the genre of music or the genres that you explore, man, I hear everything from George Clinton to Charlie Pride. I mean, hey now. <laughs> you're just way across the spectrum. How did you, I did. Did, were, are you intentional about being uh, such a genre bending producer <laughs> or did that Very flow as well? Very intentional. It's like, I've never wanted to be in a box. I grew up loving and listening to all kinds of music. Yeah. I remember sitting up with my grandpa watching Hee Haw, yeah. watching, you know, I mean, we, we, you know, my grandpa loved country music um, uh, and he loved, you know, blues and rhythm and blues and all that. My dad loved all that music. And, and I just loved, you know, and, and classical and musical theater, legit stuff. Oh, was yeah. part of my training in junior high and high school, you know what I mean? So I, I just didn't have the luxury. I didn't grow up having the luxury to be compartmentalized like that. You know what I mean? I think- Understood, but listen though, you know, and this is where your story is very unique because of the fact that all of the artists that you've mentioned that you have worked with, you know, and even being uh, uh, able to work along the context of different record companies, they will say, this is what you do and no more. This is the box. But right. You transcend, like you bust out of the box from the first couple of notes of the tunes. Like, <laughs> I mean, but that's, <laughs> that's probably why I've never worked hardly for any labels. <laughs> but see, for me, that was like, for, for me, that business model was always so twisted. You know what I mean? Coming from a business person's, upbringing you know what i mean i do the the, bit, the business model of record label stuff just yeah. was like what you're gonna do what for what no nah, i mean if you know not if i can get a thousand dollars from this person a thousand dollars from this person and i get to keep my music and get to keep you know what i mean like that's correct you know if you can um, and, and granted you know maybe in the long run yeah if i did have some label success and some, you know maybe in the long run it, it might work out differently but just as far as i could tell i don't know because i've seen so many people with label situations be broke and struggling and still not able to pay their rent and still you know i knew plenty of famous people that couldn't rub nickels together you know Understood. what i mean uh, my whole life you know Understood. what i mean so 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 the fame the of um, and, and the access to the marketing dollars that a major label necessarily gave you was not, wasn't always necessarily worth the trade-off in my mind. So sure. I never really 
so I never really shaped my efforts yeah. towards that. I shaped my efforts towards just finding a buyer or an audience or a, you know, um, I was listening to one of your shows, you were talking about streaming and it was like, I was like, okay, well, streaming is great, but you know, is it easier to get 10,000 streams or sell 10 CDs? You tell me. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, cause and, you coming what's out- what's the return on investment? You know what I'm saying? Cause you, you know, I, and I don't know, maybe it is, but I, it doesn't seem like it because I don't know that people are necessarily doing better. People are doing better by having their own platform like yourself. Yeah. People are doing better by having their own, you know, fr friends and family and, and people engaged in their careers, Absolutely. either Patreons or Absolutely. sponsoring or, you know, hey, donate to my YouTube channel or subscribe to my YouTube channel or whatever right. it is. You know what I mean? Building your own, building right. your own audience. And that's been the business model for, you know, what are we talking? The last 15 years almost. It's that been going correct. in that direction. You know what I mean? So That is correct. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I mean, my heart is and I, I, I hate to put Spotify or any of those streaming services on the block. But, you know, you read the quarterlies, you read Music Business Weekly and you see, oh, yeah, another two billion for the first. Yeah. And you go, you know, the songwriters, the publishers, the musicians, the artists are not getting that. But, you're not you even know, close. I, I streamed 10,000. You know, I had 10,000 streams this week. But that's good. This, 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 what's that? What's that? Ten bucks? Uh, you know what? Look, you know, when you get the gray hair, you start asking questions. Do I want the fame or the fortune? It's like, you know, <laughs> come I on. Want the fortune, I don't I'm want the fame. Care. I don't care. No, no you know no, what I mean? I don't care about it. Not even a little bit. No, That's it's good correct. though. But I committed, man. I said that this is going to be because I love music and I love it for what it is. Yeah. I'll, it, I'll find a way, you know, and it'll find a way. Um, you know, right now I'm not you know, putting out any, uh, an EP or anything like that. I think the last thing I did was my Christmas uh, EP that I did 85 at Christmas, which was just like a compilation. Yeah. And um, with, you know, some artists that I was working with, other singers, Amber Sawyer's on there, um, yeah. uh, Cat Paolo Ramirez, who goes by Tito Ray. He was on American Idol, I think like uh, two seasons ago. Um, uh, Susan Lucas, uh, and I'm singing one as well. And it's just like a fun Christmas stuff because I was because I was really trying to get some music, some Christmas stuff license because I was like, oh, there's so many Christmas movies. Why can't I? I just want to get some more Christmas stuff. But I need to, you know, I, I haven't placed any of that stuff either. So that was frustrating. But I figured but you put oh, you it know, out. You put it yeah, out. Yeah, I put there, it right? out. And, and it does make a couple bucks here and there. You know what I mean? So absolutely. Um, I may, and it's probably, it might have recouped by now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, and it was super fun and I love the music. So, yeah, you know what? <laughs> you know? it's an annual event. So, you know, there's yeah, every year I got another shot to get. No, but I mean, you know, seriously, every year there's another sh crack at getting there in place. It, it has aged well. It's five years old and sounds completely like, you know, because and I was going for that. Like I was very deliberate about doing a swing you know, a classic swing sound in tune, right. uh, an old school James Brown funk Christmas record that yeah. we like, you know, we love that old, you know, <laughs> funky Christmas. We like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A, a sexy Christmas one. It's like romantic Christmas Eve, you know, yeah. by the fire, sexy joint. Right. You know, they're way, they're all different. You know what I mean? And, yeah. but you know, it's all good. It's all good. Oh, I love no, my that, That's fantastic. And, and just, you know, having, uh, you know, the ability and the luxury and the flexibility to be able to say, hey, here's the mood I'm in right now. And there's no ceiling on you. That's that's the best life. That's true. The yeah. ceiling. I didn't like the ceiling. You know what I mean? I didn't Absolutely. like the ceiling. I like there to be like no limit. Like, you know, anything can happen. That's I imagine and you just look at, you know, if somebody covers one of the tunes and it becomes, I mean, you know, I don't know. And there's a lot of Christmas stuff out there. Now, I didn't realize how much it was. But this year, everybody puts something out because they were home for all year. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at what was out this year. I was like, whoa, holy smokes. Everybody's dropping Christmas. Okie dokie. There it is. <laughs> so, so let's talk, let's talk gear just a little bit, man. Because, sure, sure. Uh, we both are fans of uh, you know, propeller heads uh yes. reason, man. How how long have you been using reason? Dude, I was looking going through some I was looking for an old song in my CD archives and I found uh, a, um, a disc with reason one. <laughs> wow. Reason one on it, bro. So Man, yes. 
I, I didn't one. get on board until three. Actually, my brother-in-law gave me a cracked version of three. It changed my life. And I did license number four. So I've been going right. Last year, however, you know, I was rebuilding my studio space and everybody okay. was on personas with respect to Studio Five. So I did okay. purchase a copy of that. I'm going to A and B of them. A and B them. I did do one track uh, in uh, Studio One. So I know that, yo, I can. Operate. Studio One's great. Yeah, Studio One. I've been hearing some people's work in Studio One. Yeah. All the DAWs, I, you know, like the only DAW that I, I mean, I always use Pro Tools because mm -hmm. Pro Tools was always a foundational, you know, DAW for editing. Sure. And everything. sure. And I still do. Um, and I used to rewire it to, to Reason. I used to have, um, and, and Reason literally is just the DAW that replaced, is, was just the device I used to replace my MP, basically, because mm -hmm. I was working on the MP. Uh, yeah. MP62 for all my first professional work was done with that. And, um, and then when I, and then when I found reason, it was like, Oh, okay. So I can get rid of my planet fat and my other, my, you know, all my rack mount rack mounted devices. Sure. Plus I had something that I could load samples into um, and it would play them back. It was just reason was great, man. I love, I still love reason. It's still probably, yeah. Still well, I see it open behind you. So, you yeah, know, yeah, I work on it every day. Like I literally, <laughs> And then, um, and I and I left it for just a little while to play with Logic. And okay. I did like Logic. I'm not gonna lie, Logic was dope. And the sound, I still listen to some of the stuff I did in Logic. Like, man, that sound is 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 fat, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Reason, Reason's just my baby because yeah. I've been building sounds and sound packs in Reason mm -hmm. since one, yeah. <laughs> which <laughs> they all still open and still right. play. Right. And with the and with the um, you know, I got back into composing last year. I scored a um, I scored a, uh, a a long short film, like uh, kind of like a pilot project for somebody. Mm -hmm. And um, and I was like so happy that I had access to all of these sounds that mm -hmm. I've purchased over the years to make different type of things because for a while I was doing a lot of composing like where yeah. it was like made to order hey I need you to do something that's a mashup of this and that yeah and this is classical and this is EDM or this is funk and this is something else right. and I would have to you know put you know find sounds or sure. create sounds and you know you build up that kind of sound library you don't want to just dump it for for something else you know that's what I mean correct. so that's correct. So I tried Logic for a little while, but then I came back to my baby and and, and she's doing really good right now. She put, she plays these VSTs so good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she's so intuitive, man. It's she almost is. like reason she intuitively thinks this is what yes. wants to happen. Yes. But the, the beautiful thing about Personas was I could open up Reason right inside of it, no problem. It was just boom. Yes. So now you're using, how are you using Personas with Reason? Was we using the new Reason as a VST? Yes. Okay, right. so the Reason 11, the Reason, yep. okay. It just opens Ooh. right up and all my sounds, everything is there. Even old Cakewalk stuff that I had, like Dimension Pro, Rapture, <laughs> all that comes comes to the table in Personas. Nice. I'm like, okay, I'm good. Cause like you said, sounds, you don't wanna, you don't wanna ever throw away a sound. Right, right. Sucker again, you know what I Bro. mean? Right, exactly. So, the uh, that is that that has had me wanting to upgrade my reason to the eleven with the VST capability. Definitely. Um, I just you know I, I felt like the DAW that I wanted to go to was Ableton mm -hmm. because that's what so many of these young engineers that were here in LA were using, and uh -huh. I was just hearing that like okay, Ableton does stuff and it does stuff workflow wise quickly that is like intuitive and makes a lot of sense plus i started djing a couple of years ago yeah. and because it's like um it's so much more like that yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. um that i was really intrigued but i don't know right i'm still i'm still reason man like i i, I don't know something about that process i know it's just it's just it's, i don't Dude. know i don't know what to do. It's, it's, <laughs> I don't know. It's nostalgic, maybe at this point. Who knows? I don't know. They just, they just did it. They did a good job, man. And and the first, so I mean, I had a song in like twenty minutes, and I'm not talking about samples and looping. I'm talking about yo. I was able to do yeah, some things. Yeah, you could play. Boom! It was just natural. Bro, there, 
there was an old demo file in like one of those early versions of Reason that was like some crazy jazz fusion Japanese title thing. It was like jazz fusion and it was so live sounding and dope and cold. And I was like, okay, if this program can do this crazy EDM trance stuff that I'm not interested in, but it's like, right. it does a good job at it. Right. And then also do this jazz fusion live yeah. sounding like yeah. I'm literally at the baked potato or something. Right. Listen to some friends of mine. Then how, then what it can do what I needed to do. If we That's can do cool. that, both of those extremes in the set on the spectrum, then it, it'll absolutely do what I need to do. And it has, it literally, you know, I, I have had, yeah. I mean, like, you know, uh, it it when you when you ask it to go there it'll go if you it will just go. you know without go. without thinking about it it just it just yeah you know it's so, just like, so we're gonna get off of this because you know propeller heads are not paying us to like shout neither it, one it of us not a nickel not a nickel and I'm not so, happy about it <laughs> so like yo you know let's not give them any more airtime but we no, do I know, stuff. Right? the only thing that I would say just to tag that off is and this is this goes for any company across the board because I do watch some instructional videos depending on the software that I'm using and I, I think that they can be a little bit more open-minded as you said for composers of jazz music or funk or R&B because it's usually just rock EDM you know, it rap, is. and it's just like, it's very static when they're teaching you how to mix. It's like, yo, you, you don't know this juice right here. You know, what am I trying to do right. here and how can I learn? So we'll, yeah. we'll tag that well, off. Yeah, yeah. You know, Under advisement, that's what's up. <laughs> absolutely. But let me ask you, what has yes. been your most rewarding experience in your career that you can point to that one or two times where you can say, you know what, for all the challenges, this was worth it. Wow, um, man, individual moments that were rewarding uh, on the career side. Um, <clears throat> um, I think uh, I've really been, I mean, I think some, some of my highlights have been like, I landed a really, a big national commercial um, for Dodge Ram a few years ago. Um, and it was part of a, just part of a whole thing with uh, Tony Scott directed a reality thing woven into it. It just had a lot of different pieces and parts to the, to it. it. It ran for two years. It was like, you would see it at every bowl game, every, you know, I'd see it every time I was turn on something, it, I would be seeing this spot. And that was hugely rewarding. That felt like having a hit record. I'm not going to yeah. lie. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie. You know what I mean? I, I really like it, it paid well. Yeah. It was like it was all over the place, and it was just like you know that felt pretty cool. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So that so far has been one of my career highlights on that on that yeah. front. Um, I feel like um, you know um, it's it's been you know. It's been so many, and, and I say that like to say that I haven't had anything go, you know, to the mm -hmm. moon, you know, in my career. But I have literally been on uh, on the outer edges of the atmosphere, just kind mm -hmm. of circling and looking and enjoying the view, like for so long. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna lie. It's like it's like a, um, uh, you know, I, I can't I can't deny it. It's been it's been amazing you know i'm like so i'm really thankful to have had the success that i have had it, even though it hasn't been and, and and to me i feel like that might even be a testimony for somebody out there sure. who is like who sees maybe you know the home run as being something that maybe they're too old for not because you're not too old for you know you know what i mean that's not the reality but at the that's same right. time you can rest in the fact that there are small victories that will sustain you and that will maintain you and that will get you to the next day and get yes. you to the next battle. Yes. You know what I mean? And those little victories are, uh, you know, and that has been my career. My mm -hmm. career has been little victory after little victory after little victory. And I'm super, super thankful for those little victories. Uh, I'm not even going to lie. Absolutely. You know well, conversely, then, has there been a challenge that you say, you know, what this was my most challenging moment as I look back in the rearview mirror? What would <clears throat> my most challenging moment was, you know, was the um, was after like 08 and the economy tanked mm -hmm. and um, 
and literally having had my, you know, when I talked about having a few pillars that my career stood on, literally having a bunch of them snatched out, you know, whether it was, you know, um, I, I, I do a lot of live events. I, I perform a lot. You know what I mean? I was doing like 40 gigs before the pandemic, like 40 gigs a year or something doing private parties or live gigs or whatever. So to have at, after 08, like that dropped 65%. Yeah. The price of the, what I was getting for composing dropped. 65%. The amount of opportunities for composing dropped 65%. A bunch of other stuff happened. So like when the economy tanked in 08, that was the most challenging period of my career just because um, just because there weren't a lot of places to go to get a check. <laughs> like just yes. the point, you know, the yeah. infrastructure for what we are doing on the internet, none of that was there, you know? Right, I mean? like, that's true. We, and even if I, you know, I stayed aggressive, I stayed um, I stayed creative. I kept, you know, I kept pushing. I think mm -hmm. I did my album, uh, my full album in like 010. I did, um, uh, me and Lunell were podcasting in like 08, 09, around in that area. We were staying very proactive and pushing yeah. and stuff, but there was just was no money. There was no money for it. There was no infrastructure for making money on podcasts back yeah. then. Right, like there right. is now. So we were too early for that. Sure. And, uh, and my EP, while it did well, I mean, my album, while it did well, like I sold a couple thousand, you know, CDs just mm -hmm. going, you know, out and doing it, selling on the streets. And, you know, if I had had, um, uh, if it wasn't so hard, just raising, starting a family, I was in the same boat. Like when, when you talked about yeah. having to make tough choices about what to do with your time and your energy and like, right. and your resources, you know, and I've got a wife and I've got, a little one and I've got a second one that I'm trying to make yeah. happen in a short period of time. <laughs> right. Cause I'm getting old. Right. <laughs> trying to build that family, baby. If I'm going to get this second kid, we got to do it. <laughs> we got to get to it. So, <laughs> so that was the, that, that was a challenging season. Like, Oh, Oh nine to 12, 13, right around the 12 to 09 to 14. That's a good, that was a tough five years, bro. I'm not even gonna gotcha. lie. You know? So uh, we moved to Atlanta. I didn't, did you know I moved to Atlanta for a while? I, I did. Yeah, I think that was around well, 2013. I think I knew that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was like um, I moved in. I moved in 12, and I literally just moved back to LA in uh, a year ago. I so, see. so I literally have only been back in LA for a year. I had a whole game plan laid out for 2020 that, like everybody else, ended up getting thrown into the toilet. And, you know, but thank, yeah. you know, but thank, but thank God, like 2020 has been one of the most amazing years. Yeah. And, and I add like the last part of last year too, because the last part of last year was off the chain. Like that's why we moved back to LA. It was like, literally there was so much stuff going on yeah. that it was like, there's no way we can stay in Atlanta. I got to come back to LA because this stuff is popping, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not it, the same stuff ain't popping, but other stuff is popping. Let me. <laughs> hey, you got to turn obstacles into opportunities. So, yo, you better you know, you better you better. So it was great for me to move to Atlanta though, because that was a whole nother music scene that sure. I was able to fall into with other producers and writers, and you know, not a whole lot because I was still traveling a lot back and forth to LA. But, mm -hmm. uh, but man, soaking up the way that they produce out there, and you know, somehow that trap is done, and how yeah. so you know, it's just like. That was awesome. That was awesome. I had some bad, I mean, I hooked up with some bad cats in Atlanta. Trust. I understood. Now, what yes, would sir. you say would be the most important lesson then that you've learned? Um, all of this. I mean, you, you, you have it. I mean, and I'm drilling you like this, brother, because you definitely have the experience. If You know, this would have been a five minute interview if you were anybody else. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yo, you, you definitely have been putting the work in. So, yes. Um, I would say my big, you say my biggest lesson yeah, out of all that? the most, yeah, you, you, the biggest lesson you've learned about independence, being an entree musician and making it happen. I mean, just do the work. Mm. My biggest lesson is just do the work. Like, mm -hmm. just do the work and, and don't worry so much about the result. Mm. Like, you have wow. to do the work for the work's sake. You have to do the work for, you know, 
Well, just like a song, you you have to do the song for the sake of what that song is trying to say. Sure. You have to, you know, write it for the truth that it is. You have to, um, you know, and you just can't worry so much about the result. And I and I know that you know in this culture, you know, that goes against what we think. You know what I mean? But that's the truth. That's right. the reality of it. You know what I mean? So yeah. I feel like, you know, do the work, persevere, um, balance, find balance, you know, balance is really important. Yes. You know, yes. your family, your community, mm-hmm. your faith, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that is, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, just, you have to, you have to persevere, man, because, um, you know, you can't win if you don't. Sure, <laughs> like that's true. You, can't, you know, or you can't enjoy it if you don't. You know, what's the point in getting someplace and then you know? I don't know. You you gotta you gotta persevere. You know what I mean? So, um, I think those. I think that's been the biggest lesson out of the whole situation. And like, don't be afraid to follow where it's where you're. You know where. God or you, the universe is taking you, you know, like me and Lunell working together was literally, literally God saying, she needs you. Mm-hmm. You need her Yeah, as, you know, just as a support system team, um, as a, you know, there was stuff I brought to Lunell that she will tell anybody that was yes. like, this is what I needed. And then there was stuff that she brought to me that I will tell anybody, this is what I needed. This was, this was, um, so, you know, was I planning to manage a comedian in when I met you? Well, when I met you, we, me and Luna were already kind of starting to talk because sure. I remember her coming to the Hollywood Black Film Festival as well mm-hmm. to, <laughs> to watch mm-hmm. our film. But, <laughs> but, you know, um, but you just have to be open to what the universe is sending you. You know what I mean? Like, yes. don't be a knuckle, don't be a knucklehead. Right. You know, that's, that's a good lesson too. Don't be a knucklehead. You that's per- good. person sitting right there. That's good. I mean, that, now define, define knucklehead. Define it. A knucklehead is someone who's like, you know, where it's like right in front of your face, like something's telling you something and you're just like, eh. you know, that's a knucklehead. It's like, you know, it's like telling you, like how how clear does it need to be? You need to <laughs> do correct. this. You need to work with it. You need to help this. Like I looked at it as me helping Lunell when I first started working with her because she was like, I was like, oh, she needs to learn about the business and she needs to da 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 da. da. And maybe that's how it started in the hierarchy of things at yes. the beginning. Yes. But there was way for years over fifteen years nothing but times where she's been the same for me. You know yes. what I mean? Where it's like, you know, help me figure, get out of my way. Help me, you know, broach sure. this conversation with somebody or whatever, you know what I mean? Sure. Introduce, so, you know, and how many doors and opportunities I've been blessed with because of our relationship, you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. oh, you gotta talk to Bill, you know, he's da, 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 da. And I'll be standing right there. like, oh, no. And this will be with whoever. Yeah, you know, like whoever, because she's worked with everybody. <laughs> correct. That is absolutely correct. And the, and the thing that you said was very important. I think uh, the first time that I ever heard a statement like that was from uh, Graham Cochran uh, from um, Recording Revolution, and he said okay. most musicians generally come to a table, meaning a room or a person, with their hands like this, like "How can you help me?" And not many of them come to the room by saying, how can I help you? What What can can I I do do? for you? What can I do, baby? It's about service. It's about service, bro. It is about service. So I really, I I really absolutely believe that for sure. Without fail. And wow, you know, so if you were able to tell an entree musician just starting out, you've said so many, you've said so many great things, but if you were to tell them, um, in our day and age, well, let me ask you this question and then, and then that'll give you room to finalize, but where do you see a person like yourself with so many irons in the fire, where do you see music or the music industry in five years with all of the turmoil uh, that we've walked through? Can, you, Man, you that, is a, 
that is a great question. I, I, I feel like there will be more, I feel like there will be more independence. I feel like the infrastructure is, the, the stage is being set for even greater independence. Mm -hmm. And, and um, because I, uh, I mean, because it, it seems like there's already that industry underneath the industry, you know what I mean? Of people who are just sustained by their fans and their, yeah. you know, whatever their support system is. Yeah. Um, but I feel like they'll have even more, uh, an even greater voice in what's happening. I feel like that that will have a greater, um, um, uh, it'll be measured a little bit more meaningfully. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I I, I just feel like there'll be even more independence. So, mm -hmm. um, because you already are seeing signs of it, you know what I mean? Like, um, I feel like big artists will be able to leave the streaming services for their own, whatever vehicle, sure. technological, um, uh, what, do you, what do they call that? That that kind of technology that changes, changes the game. Um, mm -hmm the uh, disruptive, a disruptive mm -hmm. technology. Cause mm -hmm. that you are, we're one invention away from not needing fill in the blank. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? No, that's, that's absolutely right. Because I think that uh, what COVID did, at least I was, I was telling people who were a part of our mastermind group is that COVID in a way did entre musicians a huge favor because it put a, a stop sign or a red light up by saying, okay, everybody, everybody who you listen to from this tier to that tier, we're all at this stoplight. What you learn here when the light turns green again, you will be able to advance. I mean, you will Bro. be able to grow, you know? Bro. So learn. Good. Yes. Learn. Man, I, I just hope people, you know, I hope these entre your entrepreneurs musicians have taken advantage of this downtime and it's not over <laughs> it's not, not over, over. That's if right. you have up to this point you probably got another six months That's maybe right. nine months even exactly. you know depending i mean like what they've gotten 10 million viruses out i mean uh, vaccines distributed in the last six weeks or however long mm -hmm. but what are we talking so we're at we got a whole nother we might have another year and a half of trying yeah. to figure this out sure. no telling so start today that's correct the, at practicing or or doing the skate, whatever, do it, do it, start today. Um, and put it out. Don't be afraid to, don't be afraid, you know, take the risk. We're not talking about it. And you said this before we got online here. It's, it's really not about you doubting yourself being self-deprecating but making sure that you know what reality is. It doesn't have to be perfect though. It doesn't have to be perfect. Ship yes. it, get yes. it out and hone it. Because People, what, you know, Apple did the same thing. Windows did the same thing. Why they keep yeah. upgrading? Oh, we got right. 3.5, exactly. 3.6. We put it out knowing that there's, it's not perfect, but we're right. going That's one thing that I've been, that's one thing that I tried to, break myself up this year and I have like so I wouldn't drop stuff on SoundCloud for a long time unless it was finished or unless it was this and I would put it all up at one time blah, 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 whatever whatever right but this year I started doing my work in progress so like yeah. I have a work in progress playlist now on SoundCloud that has that's beats and I and I and I and as as I update the beat, I put in the new version on top of the old version and yeah. now it's updated. And I put another one on top of that one and I just let them pile up. And I think I got like 60 something beats on there just from last year. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's for my collaborators to check out if they want to, it's for people to check out if they want to. And it's just work in progress. It's not finished. It's just like me sharing what I'm doing, what, cause people, that's a big part of if, if you're doing social media, you want people to be engaged with your process, with what you're, what you're struggling with, what you're working on or what you're doing great at or excelling. And, you know what I mean? People right. want to engage like that, you know? So that's absolutely right. Well, man, you, you have uh, definitely made my day. I am, oh man, um, stop it. You made mine. Yeah, stop it. I'm telling you, you know, we definitely have to do it again uh, without fail. Not maybe to. we'll have an opportunity. Um, you know, I'm putting you on the spot here. I know, but maybe we'll have an opportunity to, you know, get Lunel to join us one day, you know, because she can you know, drop some wisdom. She I can know, drop wisdom. 
She she's known for her wisdom. Ask Lunell. She'll tell you. <laughs> or, or don't ask her if you don't want to know. <laughs> if you don't want to know, though. Yeah. If you don't want to know, don't ask her. That's so funny. I, I really appreciate it being on here, man. I would love to, you know, get deeper into some of the, you know, music song placement programs, more yeah. process stuff at some point. Just whatever, whatever you want to voice for me on, I'd be happy to, to bring it. That's excellent. One of the things that we are doing too, uh, you know, we've been blessed and, and here's a little bit of a commercial, but we have been blessed to uh, join our brothers and sisters over at the VizD channel. So if you yes. have a uh, Roku TV or Roku device, you can join us on uh, VizD and we are creating content specifically for VizD that won't be on YouTube or other channels. And the same thing with Patreon as well. But here's the thing. And the reason why I bring this up to you, my friend, is because of the fact that, you know, we're going to have this one mastermind group with about 20 mm. of us online talking about not only the state of the music industry, but what we can be doing in the future. And I definitely yeah. would like you to be on that panel. And uh, we'll talk about that offline at some point. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. The wisdom that you can drop is, is astronomical. And ladies and gentlemen, we've just scratched the surface, but I needed to make the introduction. If you didn't know who <laughs> Papa Lee was or is. Yes, follow me, guys. Follow me. Absolutely. Follow me Where's best? Where's best that they can follow, I, follow me? Follow me on Instagram. I, I like the, um, I, I just like the, yeah, I it still has some problems in terms of sharing links and stuff like that. That's a you know that's a whole nother conversation. But I do like the level of engagement of of uh, of Instagram. On Instagram, I'm at p a p a l e e Papa Lee Music. That's my joint. And follow me on SoundCloud. I'm, I'm Papa Lee Music on SoundCloud. As hey, well. get them to your uh, listen when you go to Papa Lee. You gotta listen to Good Man. I mean, that's good deal. Cool. Oh, that's my country joint. It's on there somewhere. It's on my country play. I know I, I got a country play. Love them. Love yeah, it. Love crazy, cool. crazy the way the girl comes in and sings that with you. Uh, that's my girl, Angela. Yes. Uh, she's on my album, too, doing the same exact thing on a song I got called Pray For Me. Oh, my God. Wow. It's just beautiful. I love her and I miss her. She's been going through some stuff lately, but uh, she's in, uh, I think she's up in uh, Baltimore or something. Shout out to uh, Angela Kennedy. She's well, many so. blessings to you, man. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, and to you too, sir. And For to episode you too. number one, there'll be a hundred more with Papa Lee, but yo, we just needed to like make the introduction. This yes. is William Han uh, Hanford Lee Jr. Better known as Papa Lee. He's the dude. He's an entree musician. I'm an entree musician, but you know what? So are you. Peace and blessings to you, and we'll see you next time. God bless.